Yeah, so you were saying, Chris, um, we were thinking about what our topic would be today, you know, because we're always very planful and, you know, <laughs> with these things. But um, I think there's something that both you and I have experienced very recently, and mine was as of like just hearing about it this morning, but you were mm -hmm. just uh, sharing. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I think we're going to talk about um, certainly the leader approach and how the leader approach relates to the grieving process and loss and death. Um, and uh, I had a, a former dear colleague pass away very suddenly, someone who was just a remarkable liver of life. And I think someone who really lived all the right ways across all facets of the leader approach. And um, as a community, uh, my former company, but really as people who are still clo close colleagues and friends, mourning that loss, really terrible loss last weekend, and reflecting on that since that time. And I, I know that you had some very sad news this morning as well, really in a similar vein about just a sudden loss of life for someone that was a that was a pillar of the community so yeah yeah same <clears throat> same situation um i'm wearing my little uh football necklace that i got at mom's night last night because right, right. Night we had uh we had uh my oldest son as a senior and uh plays football and um the community goes a little crazy like it's it's pretty um this whole Byron Tigers football uh, group is um, is a lot, but when you have a night like last night, it's so special, really special. And um, tonight's seniors seniors night, and the the father that passed away suddenly in his in his sleep and probably late fifties. Um, the third, they have four kids. The third son um was there last night he's a senior mom was there last night and um woke up this morning and no more so um it's it's something i'm still reeling from because um the youngest daughter is in my youngest um Denton's grade the second oldest is in aiden's grade we're going to be having senior night tonight so just the thought of all of that um the the second oldest is super close friends with my oldest um and so he's here all the time all the time <laughs> and then their oldest son is also at platform where where my son goes and and getting ready to play his football game you know big home football game tomorrow so um yeah uh, both of our situations uh, are you know ones where it's like just boom, you know, God calls and it's time to go. And I think um, you and I, I know you really had um, a lot that you needed to kind of share and, and process through when you went to the services. And and I'm just really quickly off of that. But I think this is also the, pos the power of um, what we talked about in our last session, um, positive intelligence. It's It's being able to really like, 
kind of catch those feelings of like, what is it that I'm experiencing right now and process through them. And, um, and, and then also kind of flip it, you know, I went right away into this, like scared to death mode because, um, you know, when we work with people, a lot of what we talk about is having empathy and how you have, I, I think a way that I've gained empathy is I just put myself in that person's shoes, whatever the situation is. It doesn't mean that you have to have experienced it yourself, but you know, when you put yourself in the position of somebody else and say, you know, and I, I don't want to go there, but I'll go there a little bit, you know, think about waking up and having your loved one not responding, you know, getting that news of, you know, about that or whatever. I mean, if you can't kind of kick in or start to grow that empathetic <laughs> nerves inside you, I mean, that's really how you do it. And, and it's okay because like in doing that, you're going to feel really sad, but it's really good to feel those feelings. And I think that might be why, you know, people don't go there because it, I mean, um, I think I'm okay, but like, <laughs> I'm texting my boys saying like, you know, it was, it was interesting. Um, Gunner, my oldest came home from, from college very quickly last Thursday, just to turn around within 10 minutes and go to pick up Eli, the son of the father that just passed to then drive down to Tennessee for the weekend to see their other buddies, um, and go to a concert. And I, I was doing something and all of a sudden i see him pulling out of the driveway and i was like i want you to come back to give me a hug like <laughs> and he's like mom i'm on my way so i ended up facetiming him and just being like i just really am devastated like i can't i missed my 10 minutes of giving you a hug and anyways i was able to get over it but i texted him this morning i said this is why I can't not give you a hug. Like you just don't know, you just don't know. And so I think in the work that you and I do, Chris, and how we're really growing, it's like, you know, one of the exercises that, that I've gone through and I, I use with leaders, I don't think I've used as much, but I think I'll use more is like, imagine your eulogy. And imagine what people are saying. And what do you want that to be? It gets back to like, it's, it's just so precious. And it gets back to really being clear on like, what is most important? You know, is it staying on that phone call and then missing, you know, that game or or, you know, I don't know, it's just life is so precious. And so, um, you know, I'll, that's part of what's on my heart right now. <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you share what's coming up for you. But, um, but that's more of what I wanted to get into is just like these moments that it's like, it, it's a awful, but yet wonderful opportunity to help us really get focused on like, what really matters in life? Because I could be gone tomorrow. 
Well, you know, I really appreciate the way that you're sharing all of this with, with me and with us. And a few things are coming up for me. First of all, is that word precious and yeah. the preciousness of life. And there's a different, and, and also the question of what is worth it? What, what is our life? You know, what, you know, what, ma what really matters, I think was the coaching right. question you asked, which is a brilliant seven word question. And it is different for everybody. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest prayers I've had recently is that these wonderful people that have passed, that they were holding their life, their lives precious. Yeah. And, and for some people, their the preciousness of their life or what really matters is staying on that phone call because of their commitment to whoever's on the other end of that phone call, right. whether that's their grandmother, best friend, son, or the most important customer. That's the biggest thing I've been praying for is that, that those people that we've lost and, and loved have that clarity and serenity about their lives that while they're living it, are living it to what really matters most. And, mm -hmm. and without judging, without putting my judgment on what the answer might be to what really matters right. and what's precious, but that they knew, they knew. Um, and and that's just been something, and look, I, I've right. had probably 10 days to think about this um, for, you know, in, 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 in the situation that I've been a part of. And, and that's what I've been hoping for the most. Yeah. I, I, what comes up with, um, is, and you're exactly right. Like it is not for us to judge or, you know, it's like, it's really about being at peace. You know, like, what is it that you want? You, you want, you know, that to know that the person is at peace, which they are at peace, you know, and that the family is, can get to a place of peace, you know, um, and just try and live as much of a life without regret, you know? And I think that's what, like, when we talk about, PQ, positive intelligence, and really working on, you know, what's between <laughs> our ears. It's like, um, as long as there isn't, you know, judgment or um, anxiety, you know, things that are just like, are just not worth it. You know, it's just not, um, I think that's where it's helped me. You know, so maybe it's it's not getting off of that phone call, but it's like being able to go through that quick, like your brain goes through that quick, quick calculation and it's just kind of like, it's okay. Like, this is where I need to be and, you know, I'll be there or, um, but if you're kind of like maneuvering through life where it's constantly like, Ugh, you know, I miss this because of this and. Um, I can never get to the game because I, you know, work is just this, this, and this. It's like your circumstances won't change themselves. You have to, 
you have to take control of, of that. And I know I was in, I, I was in that situation, you know, where I was kind of like, um, like a victim of circumstances. And I think that's the biggest part is when you take the time to say, you know, and, and it usually takes some sort of significant life event to have you kind of say like, you know, we talk about this all the time, like getting clear on what your values are, getting clear on what's most important to you, getting clear on like how you want to spend your time and um, how you want to feel when you go to bed at night, you know? So it's, it's as long as, and I'm able to like do that now, not feel like I'm a victim of circumstances and that I have regret. Now I can say, okay, there's this call. I'd really rather, you know, be there, but it's okay. Like I'll get, and I'll still be able to do this. And I feel at peace with it. Well, it's interesting that the concepts of no regrets and being at peace, you know, are, are related concepts. And when tragedy strikes and, and trauma strikes, which is what you and your community are now experiencing, there are, there are some voices saboteur voices, I'm sure, in each of our heads that say, what's it all worth it? What were, you know, what, what, right. where's the sense here? Um, how are we going to put one foot in front of the other? What's the point of putting one foot in front of the other? And, and certainly, as people work through the grief cycle, that's a, a legitimate, right? Yeah. All those feelings are legitimate. We're not delegitimizing any of those feelings. Those are completely rat they're 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 completely valid and as we learn in positive intelligence grief and the grieving process and loss <laughs> is its own element unto itself outside of sage outside of savages and and yet as we think about living with peace living without regret it is about and this is why in our our PQ reps, you you feel your breath, whether it's going in or out of your nose, whether it's feeling the rising and falling of your chest or or your or your or the breathing of your stomach. It's that reminder that you are still alive. Yeah. And as long as you are alive, you have these the response, you have the choice to respond. And Sometimes people say, let's just let it all go. You know, yeah. now that we're in so much pain and, and there is no control, this is chaos, which we all know it's chaos. We're not in control. Let's just let it all go. Let's let let's let's fall deeper into our worst of ourselves or the worst of our faults or the worst of our habits. And particularly thinking about some of my friends and dear colleagues and family members that yeah. that I've lost, that's not how they lived. That's not how they would want me to celebrate life. And that's not what I've learned from them. And yeah. so to celebrate all I learned from them and all they modeled, I have a responsibility to live according to how they lived, how they showed me how to live, 
Yeah. And and I think that very deeply, you know, on the heels of, you know, of of the loss that that we've experienced. And so, just some thoughts for you and and your reaction to that. Yeah. Um. Well, I was saying it is that um. That choice, and we've been um, going through different quotes that are um, you know important to us, and one that I really love and live by, and that is directly related to the positive intelligences by Viktor Frankl, which is the space between stimulus and response is your choice to choose how you react. You just have to provide that space. You know, and I think um, you can do that. That that is the um, kind of Jedi practice is to not like get into that like react react without like letting this you know kick in um, because it's a. I mean, our minds work so quickly. <laughs> I mean, it seems like oh my gosh. I mean, I've talked to people about just like how just providing that space and it's like, well, how do you even stop yourself? You know, it's just like such, everything is so automatic and it's like, you can, and it doesn't take much, you know, you just have to catch it. You got to catch the feeling, the negative, the thought, the hate, you know, whatever it is, you just have to have that nanosecond of like, let me catch it and just pause and put that space between that stimulus and response. And without a doubt, you will react differently and you have a choice in that. It's just allowing that pause and we're just in a constant state of go, 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 go. Um, that that's the big training, self-awareness and just like providing that, that pause, um, is what, is what I was thinking of when you were, when you were talking there. Well, it's interesting, right? You had original, you initially said making that choice, but then you further explained it's seeing it first. It's seeing that there is yeah. indeed a junction. And I, I think about yeah. being a train conductor and, and the, there are two tracks and they're, they're coming up. You first have to see, yeah. <laughs> oh, we can go this yeah. way or this way and then be able to, you know, to, to, to steer appropriately. I was never a train conductor. So. <laughs> I don't know if it really works like that, but, but you're right. The first is to see it because if you can first see it, then you can make the choice. Right. And sometimes, um, you like need to in, tune in for, right? You, you need have to, to tune in for it. Right. You know, I'm thinking about your son as the quarterback. He has to first make the reads. Yeah. He has to first see that he has one option, two option, three option, then go back to one. If he doesn't see he has three options and he's just going one, he's going to get picked off. Or, and or that you know. happens quickly, right? I mean, it's not like you know. I it's it's funny. It's like, well, how do I do that? You know, I'm just I'm just so like, I'm and just so automatic. And it's like again, like you can change that, and that's part of it too. Is that this believing that you have the power to retrain your thoughts and retrain your reactions and um to be able it, it's 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 very empowering actually mm. but um one of the uh, one of the folks that performed the eulogy described a um a bit of a um, an analogy about running a race 
and that there are three parts to the race. Everybody starts. All of us here have started the race. We're all in the human race. Yeah. We, we're all on this journey. And that's the second part. We're all living. And we all, we all, we all pass away. Yeah. And the most challenging part of the third part is that none of us know where the finish line is. Yeah. None of us know when the, where the finish line is. It could, it could yeah. be, it could be right up ahead. It could be miles and miles and miles away. Yeah. And that analogy has stuck with me and it's so true. And, and the question then is, how do you want to be walking your journey or, or running your journey? Right. What baggage do you want to be carrying or not carrying? What equipment do you want to have or, or not have? <laughs> what right. do you, who do you want to be walking with or running with? I mean, there's a million ways to think about that analogy. Yeah. And yeah. it is just about the mystery. Yeah, do you want it with someone that's encouraging you as your, um, you know, side partner running next to you? Or do you want it being with someone that's like, here's a boulder. The next step. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it goes, that immediately goes to like surround yourself. I mean, really think about the five people that you're closest with. You know, I mean, if, if you're running that race and you're trying to get as far to the, you know, go the distance. Like, who do you want surrounding you to help you get there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting just reflecting on the loss of my, my dear colleague. I think I expressed to you that in, in attending his services, I knew ahead of time that he was very involved in his church yeah. and in civics and in his, yeah, he was very involved in um, um, professional fraternal organizations and um, and in politics, et cetera, you know, at, at really a, in really a civic way and also socially. What was just remarkable was how important he was in those communities, yeah. just as important as he was in his very important and busy executive life. And it was truly a celebration of a remarkable life that was um, across the board, you know, in all facets of his life, someone who gave and served and led. And, and so, that was so moving to everyone that was at the service and, and to me as well. And thinking about the remarkable life led, it was truly inspiring and yeah. moving and inspiring. And, and uh, um, certainly someone that I'll continue to see as a role model in my life. And, and interestingly, someone else who spoke at the service that another dear friend of mine said that because everyone in this room thought you were this person's best friend. And I love that <laughs> because my experiences with him were more, you know, sort of professional, personal. And I loved the connection I had with him and the fact that we were jam packed 
into yeah. a, a church together, hundreds and hundreds deep, and that each one of us were like, that's my guy. It was, it was yeah. really special. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, you know, in choosing how, when you go through these experiences, you know, it just has you choosing like, um, I don't know, like you said, this morning, I just went into this, like, oh my gosh, you know, like you immediately start talking, thinking about your family and thinking about the boys and calling them, you know, and, and all of that. And, you know, you do have to be very mindful because it is such a balance, you know, with all of this. It's, I mean, you said the word, it's so precious. It is so precious, but it's, it's, um, a fine line because, you know, I, as a mom or dad, you can go into this, like, I don't want anything to happen. And so you could, if you have a saboteur that is a controller, <laughs> you know, you could go into a very, like, I don't want you going to Tennessee because something could happen. And if something happens, then like, and I think that's I'm even more so hypervigilant, right? And, and you, it's not about that. It's not about like, let me just try and, you know, smother you little birdie. <laughs> that you still have to live life, but it's more, you know, I mean, the text messages that I was sending the boys is that I just always want you to know, no matter what, like, you know, every night I go to bed, I love you. And I know how much you love me, you know, cause you just don't want, um, you don't, it's, it's more about, you don't want others, you know, I mean, your colleague is in a beautiful, wonderful place. It's more about all the people that are left behind. And, I think that's what I think about is just um, how can I continue to teach, you know, or help my boys, our, our family grow to say, like, just, you know, it's like that country song until you can. I love that song. It's like, you know, you always think that you can do all these things and there's plenty of time to do them until you can't. And so, Again, it's just really about thinking like, just do it and don't, don't have any regrets. And so it does get back to like, what are these, when these kind of moments happen and kind of stop you in your tracks, like, what can we take from them? You know, we have to grieve it. We have to feel like, oh gosh, this is like so painful and it's gonna, it's gonna be awful. I mean, we're all gonna be standing out there tonight in the pouring rain, you know, loving on our seniors. But one's not gonna have a father, you know, there. So uh, it's just, what do you take from that? And I think as adults, we can, we can take something, but it's just an opportunity to really, you know, have a moment with the other loved ones in our life, you know, the, um, our children or, or whoever, for whatever situation, you know, and it's, again, I go back to, it. it's a way to really build up that, that empathy and those, um, broaden perspective, you know, about, 
whatever we need to broaden our perspective on in life. Right. Right. Yeah. It sucks, but it is a, a gift to help slow us down and provide that space to just really think about things. Well, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing all of this with me today. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. It's so funny because it was kind of like, you know, 30 minutes before us, you know, getting together. And it's like, I think we need to talk about this, you know? We don't know, right? When we are doing sessions together, working with leaders, you don't know. You don't know if um, someone else just walked in from three days ago having a significant life-changing event. You know, you you just don't know, which is part of why you also have to just like, it's. you just have to be aware. Like everybody has this stuff out there, you know, that they're walking into whatever session or whatever call and just like, um, you know, again, our brain goes to like, well, why was he so, you know, nasty on the call or whatever? And it's like, you just don't know what, what, what experience they just had. And that's, I think, the deep empathy for others that yeah. is automatic for you. It's yeah. not automatic for all of us, myself included. And yet being able to have that empathy filter on at all times, like, you know, like the tint lens on your yeah. glass. <laughs> right. That's a real skill yeah. because so, so often because of life, because of our experience, we're in our own heads. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that. Everybody's out to get us, right? right. And it really is. It's like, it's not, <laughs> people don't think about, I, I, you know, people don't think about me that much. Really. It's not about me. <laughs> right. 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 Once again, I'll, I'll quote one of my favorite comedians. He said that he had a hair growing out of the middle of his forehead and, and it had grown out. He's probably in his mid fifties at the time. And it had like grown out so long. He's like, it had grown out so long. So for months, people had probably been seeing me like this and were like, Hey, this is, or weren't seeing it at all yeah. because everyone's into their own, their own exactly. thing. No one even, no one even noticed it until, you know, he went on an HBO special and sort of saw it three seconds before or something. <laughs> and so everyone in, and so I think to the extent that you can put those empathy goggles on or that empathy lens every day, first in the mirror, yeah. empathizing with yourself. And, and I, I hope that as you and your community grieve this and you described it at the beginning of the episode, but it's it's a complete connection across your families oh. you know your oldest son with with his friend your middle son with with his teammate your youngest son with with um daughter, with yeah. this gentleman's daughter um and of course just the the community grieving um yeah. i hope that that everyone can first empathize with themselves and, and once again, empathize to the legitimacy of their grieving process because um, that that sort of trauma and loss is, is a whole 
um, element of life unto itself outside of everything else yeah. and can empathize with others as as the process continues yeah and i, and it I will, will just to, to um say you know it's it's funny too chris as we're doing our work together i mean um and we're you know talking about the word empathy and it it seems as though you know, I think at, at times we even, you know, question like, do we have empathy, you know, peppered too much <laughs> throughout all of our stuff, you know, but I don't, it's, it is, it really is, when I'm working with people, I'm like, the first thing I do, like when I get caught, when we talk about like catching ourselves, the first thing I do is empathize and then get curious. And whether it's empathize with myself, I probably don't do that as well. Um, we all probably don't empathize as much with ourselves, you know, but I really, it, it is a superpower because what it does is it does free you. It frees you from, because if you can't stop and empathize to say, you know what, I don't know, like that business leader must have a big review or something, you know, because automatically it's like, they don't like me, you know, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. Oh yeah, you know, like you just go, like if you can't get your head trained in a way that can say, you know what, I don't know that this is about me. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's not about me until otherwise described differently, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to, empathize you know to the fact that it's like well maybe that person had whatever it is you know but it it does free you but by to not get caught on this constant like well why did they look at me that way why did they say that why were they not like happy but they didn't talk to me they must not like me i must not be in the in group anymore i guess i and then now i don't feel comfortable going to it and it's just like boom out of control but empathy is a superpower to immediately put that space and stop it. And it's just so important. Um, and I want people to know that it can be developed. <laughs> and these are ways. A moment like this is a way to just kind of like um, start like building, building that. So anyways, I appreciate the time to like, I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of share and get these feelings out and these thoughts out and just be able to um, connect both of our experiences that have, you know, just happened so suddenly. Well, and I, I, I appreciate you, you bringing this, especially it being so raw and, um, and, you know, timely to, to what's occurring because you're also really sharing how the work that we're doing together affects how you live your life yeah. and how you really manage the, these types of traumatic experiences. And, and so I just really appreciate yeah. um, having the conversation that we've had and, and being able to share this with each other, but also um, through, you know, through this, uh, through this avenue of the podcast. So um, 
We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Between now and then, uh, we'll be thinking of you. We'll be praying for you, you, your family, certainly the the gentleman and his family, and the whole Byron community as it tries to work through this. But one thing's for sure, to be a community for for each other. So Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And again, thanks for the opportunity and we'll do more work together. See you next time, Amanda. All right.